What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode four. I'm pretty excited to be bringing you this episode today because we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about a lot of football, um, but mainly the Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about the halftime show, all the controversy around that, which is a little bit much for me. But we're going to be talking about Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, potential landing spots to them. So let's get into it. So as most of us know by now, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl 31-20. to It was a pretty good game. Uh, the Niners and the Chiefs played really well. They both just really put it all out there. The beginning of the game, I thought, was uh, more Chiefs. And then uh, the second and third quarter was 49ers, and then the Chiefs just turned it right on the end of the game. It was, in, it was insane. But to get right into it, uh, the first drive, I was hoping, like, when we saw the coin toss and the Niners deferred to the Chiefs, it was like, oh, holy cow, like, you know, the matchup everybody's talking about with the uh, Niners defense versus the P- Chiefs offense, I mean, it's going to be, this is going to be it, like, right away. And it it was, um, the Niners defense stood up pretty well, you know, the first couple plays, Bosa got right to Mahomes already, he was in his face, he blocked a pass, and they just, the Niners were, they were really quick, and they forced the three and out, and they were just, they were very good, I, they came out really strong. Uh, then on offense, the Niners were still strong, Debo Samuel asserted himself very quickly, uh, having a run uh, play, and then he had a pass, or or he, I guess he was supposed to pass it. He ran up, and he was going to pass it, and then he stopped, and then saw there was nobody there, so then he ran it up the middle. And in those two plays alone, he had 39 yards to start the the game, so he was pretty good. That uh that pass that was blown up got him into the red zone, so they were pretty they were pretty good to, to start the game. Um, and then the Chiefs stayed slow in the beginning of the game, which was just, it was very odd. I mean, it's, but it's been like a theme for the Chiefs throughout the, the playoffs is, you know, they start off real slow and then they just turn it on. And, uh, you know, they were, they were about to force a three and out for the, uh, for the Niners or not a three and out, but, you know, to get the Niners away from the end zone. And then they get off sides and it's third and five. And then the Niners, uh, end up converting that. And then they end up getting fourth down anyway. And they get a they get a field goal and they're up three zero in their first drive. It was uh it was pretty good. I liked that a lot. I thought the Niners um, came out very quick, like everybody was expecting them to. But I thought that um, the Chiefs were going to come out with the same quickness and it was going to be like seven seven within the first two drives. But that is not the way it happened. But the the second drive uh, for the Chiefs definitely brought what we were all expecting was uh you know the offense was clicking and then Travis Kelsey had an like an insane play where he caught the ball and ran for seventeen yards but then there was uh, a penalty on the on the Niners that made it a 22 yard play which just really shifted the momentum right away but the Niners did a really good job of uh, pressuring Pat Mahomes and I think that's something that the Titans failed to do in the game against the uh the Chiefs in the AFC championship is that if you go back and you watch that the uh, Pat Mahomes has so much time back there and that's why he was able to run so much in that game is because he was just he was just chilling back there you know waiting for somebody to get open just doing what they do which is you know just give Pat Mahomes time and he'll find somebody down the field eventually and you just can't ke- give a guy like Pat Mahomes too much time and I don't think the uh, the Niners did that much at all I think they were really good about pressuring him you know the Niners are one of the few teams in the NFL where you can blitz your front four or not not blitz your front four, but you can run your front four, and you can still get constant pressure. It's a very difficult thing to do, especially in today's NFL with just linemen being so well and quarterbacks being so elusive. But the Niners' uh, D-line is just very strong, very quick, and they're just smart. So, yeah, they were very, they were very aggressive right away. 
But uh, Buckner, DeForest Buckner, who had a really good night on defense, ended up they they put it down on the stat sheet as one and a half sacks. But I, I in my head, I gave it. Uh, he gave him the second sack because he was he was finishing the tackle. He just got assisted at the end of the tackle. It didn't really matter. But the Chiefs uh, offense kept rambling anyway. And Pat Mahomes, you know, was doing Pat Mahomes things, and uh, he ran it right down to the five, and then got rocked. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, like here we go. You know, you're not playing some some other defense pat you know the, these Niners guys don't mess around and you know the Chiefs were very they they were very aggressive in this game especially especially early which I thought was interesting but it's almost you know you kind of have to be you know this is this is the Super Bowl you know you don't get another chance this season and I thought Andy Reid was very uh, interesting he went for it on fourth down twice in the first half and on this second drive that they had, they went for it on fourth down, and luckily they converted. And um, it might have been, even been fourth and goal. Uh, either way, it was still it was fourth down near the goal line in the Super Bowl on the second drive of the game. It's insane. But, um, you know, Pat Mahomes had that uh, nice pivot pass, or it was supposed to be a pitch, but he kept it. And uh, he just had um, Tart on the Niners, completely caught in no man's land. And there's just nothing you can do about that. So they they were up seven to three, and then this is when like like I said, this is when the Chiefs started to turn it on because right away at the beginning of the game, the Niners had like where they were pushing on the Chiefs, they had the pressure, and then Jimmy G throws an interception. This was when I when I was like, oh no, you know, I'm not a Niners fan. I wasn't cheering for them or anything. I did pick them to win, but I didn't really care. I didn't like bet any money or anything. I was just, I thought that they were going to win, but then I saw it like, I was very impressed with this Chiefs uh, team, and I'll get to that after I'm done talking about the game, but Jimmy G was feeling the pressure all game too. The Niners, or the Chiefs D-line did so well to get to him and uh, get to him often, and uh, Jimmy G on this interception, he was just trying to throw it away, and KC ends up intercepting it right on the the line, and he there was no return or anything just because it was right on the edge. But uh, he just barely the the safety. I can't remember what ne- what name he or what his name is or what his number is, but he what, he caught it, came down. He had his left foot down, and then just barely got his right foot in bounds. I remember looking at my dad, and we were both kind of like, "Oh, that's a uh, that's a little bit close," but. The Chiefs' offense stayed hot um, on offense. You know, Sammy Watkins had a big uh, reception on this on this um, this drive, and they just kept tra- going down and going down. And then they they kind of stalled for a second. They got a false start, and then the Niners just gave it back to them. And with a neutral zone fraction, it was it was stupid. And then this the second drive in a row. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. They go for it on fourth down, and they convert, but they still just get forced to uh, kick a field goal anyway. So it was, I mean. You can take the gamble when you want. I mean, Andy Reid is—he's a pretty good coach. You know, he knows what he's doing. But whatever, it wasn't really, wasn't really that big a deal anyway. But the Niners were down um, ten to three to the Chiefs at this point, and then the Niners' offense just starts like clicking. And a lot of people have given Jim, Jimmy G slack for the, how he played, and they're saying how he played terrible the entire game. He really only played bad, in my opinion in the fourth quarter, which, because he just did play bad, but it's also, there was some questionable play calling on the Niners part too, but I'll get into that in a minute. Um, in this drive, right after the Chiefs had scored a touchdown and they were down 10-3, to the Niners got five first downs at five plays, and four of them were passing. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you about how they were clicking and how Jimmy G was throwing the ball, I don't know what will, but... Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, he got the passing touchdown for the Niners, and it just really, even though KC was playing well, and you know they had the interception, and they were going down the field, and they were scoring points, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, 
the Niners just really didn't seem that shaken. And I think that's really important, especially in a game like this, is you can't you have to really keep your composure, especially if you start out strong on defense and you know you get some points on offense and then this the other team just, you know, hits you with a right hook right away, right on the chin with, you know, ten points and you're down by seven. You you really you can't crack. And the Niners didn't crack. They they did very well to stay in it. And at this point in the game, McCall Hardman uh, actually went off the field for an injury, and then he just came back. So I was kind of like, okay, well, I hope you're all right, pal. You know, I would hate to see, especially a young guy like him, to get hurt. You know, in uh, it's obviously it's the Super Bowl, you know, but you'd hate to see a young guy like him get hurt even worse than what he was. But he came back and he played the rest of the game, so that's good. Uh, uh, the Niners uh, they ended up striking with a 20-yard reception by Wilson to get uh, close to field goal range uh, towards the end of the. Uh, end of the half and you know they stumped KC on on uh, on defense and they were just they were doing well they finished out the half pretty strong and this this was something no, uh, funny that I noticed is that Wilson got this 20 yard reception right okay no timeout okay whatever you know maybe you're just going for a field goal but then Shanahan I saw um, in an interview said that he was okay with going in to the first or the end of the first half 10 to 10 I was like I mean if you got the shot you know why not why not go for it? Why not call your timeout? They didn't. They hadn't called a timeout up to this point. I don't think they called a timeout the entire first half. You know, so, I mean, it's, those timeouts are there for you to go down the field. They were they were doing well on offense. I don't know why you wouldn't take those. And Shanahan's getting been getting a lot of flack for um for these past couple Super Bowls that he's played in, but like or not played in, coached in. Sorry, but um you know where he they essentially blew the lead against the Chiefs in this one, and then he was a part of that Falcons staff when the uh, the Patriots came back in the Super Bowl when they were down 28-3. to So he just doesn't have a good track record so far. And George Kittle was called on a long completion. I don't know how many yards, but he was called for uh, offensive pass interference of uh, – pushing off of the defender and making the catch, which I wasn't really sure about because the, the thing I don't like about these um, offensive pass interference or even defensive pass interference is that there's not a ton of consistency, okay? This this play was so much less of, like, pass interference, I think, than, say, the Kyle Rudolph pass interference play that wasn't called, Um on uh, during the Vikings Saints game, you know Kyle Rudolph during that game had full elbow extension, pushing off directly on the defender's chest and catches it in the end zone and ends the Saints season when the Saints were a Super Bowl favorite right behind the Niners, you know and then here George Kittle he's got he's got extension but it's I don't know there was. It was weird. I didn't think that um, Kittle really pushed off of him that much. The defender was really pulling on him more than Kittle was pulling on uh, the defender. So, I don't know. I just think there, there needs to be consistency. You know, if there's going to be no call on the um, Kyle Rudolph uh, play, then there shouldn't be one on the George Kittle one either. It's just it's not really – it wasn't that consistent. and It wasn't really enjoying that. Uh, and at the end, of the first half, the quarter, both quarterbacks played pretty well. Um, Jimmy G was 109 yards. He was um, 11 for 13 with one touchdown and one interception. And then Pat Mahomes, he had the yards and he had the completions, but he was just kind of quiet, um, like in his stats it seems. But he also he he scored the run the rushing touchdown. So the stat stat line doesn't always speak for the player. Um, but Pat Mahomes was 104 yards for 12 for 18 with zero touchdowns and zero uh, interceptions. 
Uh, and then right at the the Niners got the ball at the start of the uh, second half, you know, because they deferred away. And Jimmy G would just he looked really comfortable, you know. Like I said, but despite um, whatever the critics are saying, I thought he looked really comfortable in the back. He was just throwing well, and he he marched the Niners right down the field for a uh, to take the lead for a field goal in um, thirteen to ten. And then Pat Mahomes on that same or on the next drive was intercepted by uh, Warner, which was a terrible throw. It was awful. I don't know because you know everybody's been like praising Pat Mahomes because of all this like his intelligence in the game and his ability to make these great throws. This was a awful throw. You know Warner was right in front of the Chiefs receiver and Pat Mahomes just threw it right to Warner. I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, and then at this point I thought maybe like the stage was too big for Pat Mahomes or something, but then that obviously wasn't the case. But I was very confused confused it just like and you could just tell in this first quarter with the constant pressure things were different in this game and he just wasn't really wasn't really playing like himself it seemed but uh you know Jimmy Garoppolo on this drive just continued to uh to play well you know he just kept throwing the ball well it was it was I I was very impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo in this third quarter and it's not like he was taking you know short shots like just check downs he was he was throwing across the middle you know he caught uh Bourne across the middle for 26 yards and um, he was just doing really well. They got to the 11-yard line on that play. They were just – Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing the ball well, and I just – I really don't think he got enough credit for the way that he played in this first three quarters. And obviously, you know, the first three quarters don't win you the game. But I just thought he played really well um, despite what the people are saying or even what the stat line says, which his stat line isn't terrible. Um and then he caught Juszczyk around the middle, and Juszczyk was short of his second touchdown, which uh, would have been very, very impressive. But um, eventually, Mostart ran up the middle for a touchdown, and the score was twenty to ten. And the Chiefs were really trying to, uh, really trying to find some life on this next drive. But they, they just the Niners' defense just did such a great job at pressuring Mahomes, and Mahomes had to really channel that scrambling ability of his. And um, he almost got intercepted again by Quan Alexander. Like, he was just not throwing well at all. And the Niners' defense kept standing tall. Buckner got his second uh, sack on this drive. And then on this, this drive, Pat Mahomes throws another interception. But, I mean, you can't really blame this one on Pat Mahomes that much, I guess. It's a it's a tipped pass interception, which, I don't know, I don't, like... I saw somebody saying that there should be a separate stat sheet for that or, like, a separate stat line for tipped interceptions. I don't know if it really makes a difference, you know, because sometimes the ball is just out of the reach for the receiver and it sh- should be placed better by the quarterback. I, I don't know. It's it's stupid. But, you know, he got intercepted for a second time. And, this, like I said, this is just not something that we see from Pat Mahomes very often at all. And uh, the Chiefs were really just looking for some life, but, uh, you know, they, they stumped the Niners on this drive or on the next drive, you know, the Niners got nowhere and they had to punt. And then on the next drive, Tyreek Hill actually caught a ball on a comeback route. And it looks like, you know, um, on a third and 15, I think it was that the Chiefs were going to convert. And then there was no, like, no, everybody was like scrambling to get to the ball. And then Shanahan, you know, obviously challenged, which was very smart by him. Uh, because it turned out to be that Tyreek Hill did not catch it at all. It was just clear as day that he didn't catch that ball. But Shanahan, I think, uh, had a great play. Like, he did well up until the fourth quarter, which I think the whole Niners team did. It just wasn't, I don't know, it, it wasn't very it, it wasn't very pretty in the fourth quarter for the Niners, which eventually cost them the championship. Um, and th- this was a huge play to me. Oh, my God. Was um, Pat Mahomes went for Travis Kelsey uh, to the end zone, and then he got P- uh, P.I. on Moore, 
on the Niners, and then the ball got placed on the one-yard line, and suddenly it was just kind of like, holy cow, the Chiefs might be back in it. And, you know, eventually Pat Mahomes passed to Kelsey for the touchdown, and they were only down three. And then the Niners, like, I was even talking to my dad. I was like, Dad, they need to score on this drive. If you want to win this game, you have to score. You can't keep playing. Like, you can't keep playing the way you are. You just have to run the clock out and just score. You have to go down the field and score. Be that Niners offense that you know how to be and just run the ball. And they didn't do that. They just kept throwing the ball. I was like, why are we throwing the ball when we're up? Like, you want to run the clock out. This is what you're good at. Like, I understand this is a Super Bowl. You know, Jimmy G might want to. Might, might want to throw the ball. Who cares? You know, you're trying to win a championship here. And eventually the Chiefs stopped the Niners. And, um, you know, missed sacks were allowed for first downs uh, by the Niners. You know, uh, Pat Mahomes was just able to get away or even just give it to Damian Wilson, who Damian Wilson had an amazing night. He was uh, a close second for MVP. And Sammy Watkins, th- this was, uh, I think, the play of the game maybe, or at least one of them. There were quite a few of them. This was a very entertaining Super Bowl. But Sammy Watkins, uh, he torched Richard Sherman uh, off the ball and then just got a big gain all the way down to the 10-yard line. And then uh, Damian Williams ended up uh, getting the touchdown, and it was a close call. This was was a very controversial call. I didn't think it was a touchdown. But uh, Damian Wilson, what he did is he reached out for the end zone. But I thought, like, if you look at the camera angle, it looks like his right foot is out of bounds before it even uh, crosses the plane. But there's just, like, it's one of those calls. There's just not going to be enough to overturn it. So the Niners, and uh, they were they were starting strong. You know, they were down four at this point, and they were starting strong. And then Mostart uh, got in a 17-yard gain, and then Daniel Sanders on the very next play gets called for false start, which just, I mean, cut it down to 12. It's still a good start, but it's not, you know, what you want. You want that 17. And Jimmy Garoppolo, this is when it started to kind of, you know, look like he just wasn't playing well is because uh, he got nearly intercepted by Fuller, which it was just like a weird pass. You know, he was thrown, I think it was to Kittle, and Kittle was already being trailed by a guy, and then he another safety was coming up to hit him, and then Fuller just comes out of nowhere and almost intercepts it, and he, that man would have been gone if he had intercepted it. Jimmy G, this is when he started to not play well, which is it's really too bad because he, he had a pretty good game through, uh, up until this point. And he, uh, you could tell this, I thought this was the uh, event, end of the game, like this play right here was Jimmy G drop back, drops back, and I think it's four, it's fourth down, and they have to go for it, because there's like, I think two minutes left in the game at this point, and Jimmy G steps up in the pocket, but the Chiefs defense was just collapsing on him, and he goes to throw it to uh, Moster, and there's just like, the play was called dead, and they turned it over on downs, and the Chiefs defense, I think this is when they won the game. Uh, and then Williams, you know, ended up breaking free for that uh, 38-yard touchdown to just ice the game. They uh, they did really well, especially Williams. He played a hell of a game. Uh, and then on the next drive for the Niners, uh, Fuller ended up picking off Jimmy G, which was just kind of like the icing on the cake for the for the Chiefs. And I was really impressed with the Chiefs in this game. I was impressed with both teams, especially Jim, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You've heard me talk about him before to where I didn't really think that he was the uh, the best out there, especially when I was talk- when they were talking about the Comeback Player of the Year award because um, I thought Tannehill would have won it or should have won it, which he did eventually. But uh, there was a lot of talk of Jimmy G winning it, which I really, I mean, yeah, I guess. But I just, I thought Tannehill had it by a landslide. But 
Um, if I just read you their stat lines real quick, it's uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo threw twenty for thirty one, which is actually kind of funny because that was the game. That was the score of the game. Um, he had a sixty five com- uh, or sixty four point five completion percentage. He had two hundred nineteen yards. He was a seven point one yards on an average throw, which isn't bad at all. That's quite a bit. Um, he had one touchdown, two interceptions, and his QBR was 60, uh, 69.2. I mean, it's not a terrible game. It's not a great one. You know, you definitely want maybe, especially in the Super Bowl, if you want to have, like, an all-time performance, you want to have, you know, no interceptions, maybe, like, three touchdowns and 300 yards. You know, you want to have, like, one of those all-time, you know, really good performances. But, I mean, even Pat Mahomes, he didn't do that great. He got he did better than Jimmy G did um, on the stat sheet. Uh, he was 26 for 42. He had a 61.9 completion percentage. He was 268 yards passing. He was average of 6.8, which is very close to what um, Jimmy Garoppolo said, but it's also very low for Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense to be, you know, um, doing that much pa- or that little passing yards on an attempt. Uh, he had two touchdowns and two interceptions, which was a lot for Pat Mahomes doing the interceptions. You don't see him throw interceptions very often. Uh, he got sacked four times, and his QBR was 78.1. And it was just, I don't know, I was like I said, I was very impressed by the Chiefs, but I also really liked the way that Jimmy uh, Garoppolo played. I think he really proved that he could actually, you know, throw the ball well, and he didn't always have to rely on this, you know, insane running game that they had, which those, those running backs did a really good job. You know, Mostart, Coleman, and Berea, they all had really good games. They all, um, they had, you know, great breakaways. Um, each of them, you know, they all had at least one. But uh, eventually it just wasn't enough. Damian Wilson, though, or Williams, sorry, I keep saying Wilson, I don't know why, but Williams uh, had a really great game. Like I said, he was right behind for Super Bowl MVP. I think he might have even won it um, because he was so consistent throughout the games. Pat Mahomes, uh, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of his yards came at the end of the game when when they needed him. You know, they needed him to play well, and he was in the clutch. But I think Damian Will, uh, Williams, his consistency throughout the game was what uh, really won me over he had uh, 17 rush attempts for 104 yards he averaged 6.1 yards um a rush and he had one rushing touchdown and then passing wise he also did pretty well um he had he was four for eight with 29 yards and a touchdown you know so he you could tell that he really had an impact on the game which you really need especially your running back to have you know you can't just always rely on Patrick Mahomes to get the job done he can do it but you don't always want to rely on that and you know Travis Kelsey had a great night too he had some pretty big plays he had that touchdown and the Chiefs offense just played uh they played well when they needed to and which was the whole game but you know when they really when they were down by 10 you know they couldn't let it get away and an interesting stat that I saw that I'm sure a lot of people saw was um that this was their third straight game, especially uh, postseason, that they were down by at least 10-plus points, and then they came back to win. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And I think it all comes a lot from um, the genius of Andy Reid and also the ability from Patrick Mahomes. You know, the guy, he played a great game. He really did, I think. But uh, Damian Williams, in my opinion, won the Super Bowl MVP. You know, you just have to be consistent, in my in my opinion. And he was throughout the entire game. You know, he ran hard. He made people miss. And he just got upfield when you needed him to. 
and he did a great job. So congratulations to the Chiefs. Um, the Niners defense, I thought, played very well. So did the Chiefs defense. I liked this game because it was such a good mix. You know, it, I thought it was more defense dominated, but it was a very good mix of offense and defense kind of um, taking control of the game because, you know, most games either go one way. It's either all, all offense or it's all defense. But I really liked the way this one did because there were times when the defenses really stood out and took care of their uh, – took care of their jobs and did what they were supposed to do. Um, you know, DeForest Buckner getting to Pat Mahomes, uh, Nick Bosa got to him once. And, you know, they, they just did a very good job of pressuring Pat Mahomes. And so did the Chiefs defense. And like I said in another podcast, they, I didn't, I like, I was not sold on the Chiefs defense earlier this season. I thought that they were still lackluster like they were last year. And I thought the Chiefs were not going to do that well. And they proved me wrong, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say to that, but I thought that they did a. I thought they did a great job. I thought both teams did a great job. I sound like such a, such such like a. I guess like a mom right there. It's like I well both teams did a great job. But um, yeah, so that's gonna be my take on the Super Bowl. Um, I'm, we're gonna take a little break here, then we're gonna talk about Tom Brady and Philip Rivers and potential landing spots for them. And well, not, well, not potential landing spots for Brady, but um, we're also gonna talk about his commercial that happened last night. Uh, we're talking about the halftime show. See you guys in a bit. All right, welcome back. How you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I know I am. So now we're going to be talking about the halftime show, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. And I'm going to get into Philip Rivers and Tom Brady first, just because I feel like they're going to be the shorter uh, stories here. But um, well, yeah, we'll just get right into it. So we're going to talk about Philip Rivers and how he has uh, basically been released from the Chargers, and the Chargers have no intention of going back to him, and they're just ready to get rid of him, and he's got to move on. And Rivers said that he. <clears throat> Sorry, he River said that he is not uh, going to retirement. He said that he is ready to keep playing, that he can keep playing. It's just got to figure out a team to go to. And I was writing down a couple teams that I had, I, I had seen um, that might be potential landing spots for him or who I think might be landing spots for him. But I got four teams here, and uh, I'll just keep going to each one of these teams. So first off, I got the Panthers on here. Uh, this is one that I found online. Didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it kind of does because, you know, Kyle Allen kind of fell off at the end of the season. But, they, I mean, the guy was also a first year, you know, hadn't really started before. And he did a great job, in my opinion. So, if I'm the Panthers, I'm going to stick with Kyle Allen because, you know, you got a new, you're going to get a new coach or you have a new coach. And then you're going to, you got Kyle Allen who's fairly new. You know, you could maybe grow something there. And, you know, you got a fairly young squad. So, I, I don't know. I would just, I wouldn't go for Phillip Rivers. It just seems like too much of a risk. And who knows? Maybe Kyle Allen goes somewhere else and becomes a superstar. So, you don't want to be that team that gets rid of a superstar. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't see Rivers going to the Panthers. Uh, next one's the Buccaneers. Uh, maybe. I mean, the Buccaneers are in a weird state right now because Jameis Winston, you know, he can, he can throw all the touchdowns, but he's going to throw all the interceptions. And he's just. I don't know. It's weird. It's a very odd situation um, in Tampa Bay right now. Uh, I think they should probably get rid of Jameis and try something else because, I mean, unless he cleans it up. I, I Actually, I say you give Jameis one more season, okay? You give him one more season. If he cleans it up, if he starts start, stop throwing so many picks, but he keeps throwing as many touchdowns as he does, then you'll stick with him. But if he just stays the same and he keeps throwing interceptions, you got to get rid of the guy. I mean, you can't. you're not going to go anywhere throw in 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. It's just not going to happen. Uh, next up is the Bears. This is a potential one. You know, this one might work. 
Uh, Mitch Trubisky has been awful these past couple seasons. He beat the Cowboys, though, this season. I'm still very annoyed by that. But, <laughs> but you know, Mitch Trubisky has just not been playing well. It's just it's very evident. He, it's very hard to watch him play or at least try to manage a game. And, that, I mean, they could take somebody like Phillip Rivers, somebody with the experience. I think that was uh, the quarterback position was what really held back the uh, the Bears this season. Also, their defense kind of underperformed, but... We'll see. I don't know. The Bears could be a potential landing spot, but I don't think so. Just because I don't know. I don't really like. I could see it, but I don't see it right away. Like I'd have to really think about Philip Rivers playing there. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, next up, I in very last, I have the Jaguars. You know, I know they just signed Nick Foles, but Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew went back and forth this year. And you know, if you're gonna be a Super Bowl MVP. And then, you know, go back and forth with Gardner Minshew on the starting spot. You know, you got a problem in Jacksonville, which is too bad because I really like uh, Leonard Fournette. I like the Jags defense. You know, I like all of it, but they just can't figure out the quarterback position, which is really too bad. I mean, they made it to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles. I mean, that doesn't tell you something. And, and you know, how they how well they can do and how their defense can do. But I don't know. We'll We'll see. Philip Rivers is such an odd situation because the man is just he he has not been performing well. You know they had that uh, that one good season a couple years ago where they made it to the divisional round, but they haven't. I mean they haven't gotten past the AFC uh, or they haven't got to the AFC championship game in like almost over ten years. You know I mean you can't you can't stick with that, and I think it's long overdue that the Chargers uh, got rid of Rivers. I don't know who they'll who they'll sign or who they'll pick up at free agency. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater. That would be a pretty good pickup. That man's going somewhere this year. You know, I mean, unless the Saints decide to keep him around, but the Saints also really like Taysom Hill, which, I mean, I, I like Taysom Hill. I like to watch him. He's very entertaining, but it's also, that's a, it's a weird pick. You know, you take somebody who's a human Swiss Army knife over, you know, like Teddy Bridgewater, you know, and I mean, who knows what will happen with Drew Brees, but I don't know. I, th- I could see Teddy B on the Chargers. Um and Philip Rivers is just like, I don't know. I mean, he who knows? Maybe he'll start his own team with his 12 children. You know, I mean, he's already got an offense there. All he needs is a defense and a couple more players for substitutes. I mean, there you go. There you go. That's a terrible joke. But, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Philip Rivers is, is a very odd situation. Um, I really think the guy's just past his prime, and I don't think he's going to – I don't think he has another winning season left in him. I, I mean, maybe he proves me wrong, but I just don't see it. Um, and, you know, next up, we're going to be talking about Tom Brady uh, in the, the Hulu commercial and all this stuff. I uh, I saw online uh, this list of teams that Brady could go to, um, but it's doubtful because I, I think if he plays again, he'll be in New England. He, and he said on that um, he said on that Hulu commercial that he's not going anywhere. And a lot of uh, Patriots fans, I think, took that the wrong way. Uh, but maybe maybe they took it the right way. I don't know. Um, but the first team on my list here is obviously the Patriots. I mean, it would be, it would be very, like it'd be like Brett Favre leaving the Packers and then um, going to the Vikings. You know, like Brady leaves, it's gonna be like it'll be hell on earth for New England fans. They'll be like, oh my God, you know, our Messiah, he just did this to us. You know, but I don't know. I think he, I think the Pats are the most likely team for him to play for. Um, the Raiders are the next up on the list. Everybody's freaking out because, you know, Brady was talking to the Raiders owner, um, at the Conor McGregor versus, uh, the Cowboy fight. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Just no, you know, unless there's like real rumors about Tom Brady wanting to play there. No, he was just talking to the owner. 
you know, he's not signing a contract just by asking him how he's doing. I mean, that's a fight, you know, that's a that's a that's a place outside of football that they're they were both at. You know, they obviously know each other. They are probably just kind of hanging out. And I think Raiders fans would probably be really pissed off to see Tom Brady there because of the whole tuck rule game and all that uh, a while ago. I think true Raiders fans, which are the only Raider fans, um, I think would hate to see that. And I also, I mean, I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I don't know why. I really couldn't tell you why. Derek Carr, I just think, is a good quarterback when, you know, when, when he is a good quarterback. I don't know. He's just, I like Derek Carr. I really do. Um, I liked when he had uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree on his team a couple years ago. He just played really well. And I grew to like him, and I've just liked him ever since. And um, I don't know. I hope Derek Carr finds himself back a back on the climb to the top of the mountain because he he really is a good quarterback I think he just needs some weapons but we'll we'll see um yeah it's just again it's it's a super super I I don't want to say idiotic but like just very odd way of assuming that there's a chance Brady could go to the Raiders just because he was chatting with the owner at a at a UFC event like my god um, the next up is the Chargers. You know, just like I said before, Philip Rivers just got released from them um, officially. So, I mean, he could land there. I've heard it's a pretty potential landing spot. I also heard that Dallas is a potential landing spot. No, thank you. I will not take it. I will keep Dak, even though Dak is becoming a diva at the moment because he wants that contract. But, um, you know, we'll see. The Chargers could take Brady, but if I'm the Chargers, I would try and campaign for Teddy Bridgewater over Tom Brady just because, I mean, he, he is older, man. And Teddy B, I mean, he proved that, you know, I mean, he, he went 5-0. and It's not a ton of games. You know, it's not a full season. But, you know, I mean, he was a good quarterback in Minnesota. You know, he got hurt. He was out a couple years, came back, and then led the Saints to an undefeated record for the time that he was in. And I mean, he just—he's a solid quarterback, I think. So if I'm—if I'm the Chargers, I'm pursuing Teddy Bridgewater over Tom Brady, because I mean, I, the chances are Brady goes back to New England. But why? I mean, like, why waste your time on trying to get Brady? And then the last one was the Colts. Um, that I—I I, I guess the Colts. You know, I didn't really see this anywhere, but it was also a potential landing spot for Philip Rivers, the Colts, because I mean, Jacoby Brissett's—he's—he's he's not. He, I don't think he's it. I mean, he—he he does okay. But he's not, unless he starts taking some strides, you know, next season. I mean, he's probably not going to be the man for Indianapolis. You know, I think Indianapolis was really, you know, struck hard by Andrew Luck retiring earlier this season. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do for you. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the Colts, I think, could be a very, a very uh, good team in the in the in the long run, you know, they got a good running back in Marlon Mack, you know, they can get some good receivers going, they got um, T.Y. Hilton, they just need that quarterback, the defense isn't terrible, Darius Leonard's a good second year player, you know, you just got to really get that defense, or that uh, quarterback going, because if you can do that, you know, we saw it a couple years ago with Andrew Luck, you know, they can, they can be a contender, but I don't know, we'll see, man. This whole Brady thing is so weird. That Hulu commercial last night I thought was really funny because there were so many people speculating earlier in the week when Brady posted that black and white picture of him like walking in a stadium tunnel. It looked like walking out or maybe onto a field. And it was like, oh, my God, is this Brady hinting at like, you know, because it's black and white that he's going to leave the Patriots? It's like, dude, come on. 
Like, you're, you're being insane. You're being crazy right now. No, this does not mean that he's going to be leaving the Patriots. <laughs> and I was like, even before the Hulu commercial, I was like, dude, this is stupid. Like, why, why, why would you be so, like, you know, right to the point? Like, oh, my God, Brady's leaving. Oh, everybody was losing their minds. It's like, calm down. All right, calm down. Everything's fine. I thought the Brady commercial was pretty funny, though. He's just like, and me, I'm not going anywhere. And then I saw on Snapchat from, like, four different people. They're like, Brady said he's not going anywhere. Hashtag Pats Nation. I'm like, calm down. He hasn't even signed a contract yet. Even if you want him to, he's at, like, they're trying to get him $30 million. You know? What? He's like, just calm down. And, you know, I also wanted to just kind of chime this out there about uh, the whole Dak Prescott situation because it's still really annoying me. You know, even though we're talking about Tom Brady's, you know, Dak Prescott talking about he's going to hold out on the Cowboys and he's asking for, you know, like $40 million. We're talking about a six-time Super Bowl champion right now in Tom Brady. And they're trying to pay him like 30, 33 to $30 million and Dak's asking for $40 million and he hasn't even made a Super Bowl, okay? You need to put that in perspective. But back to Tom Brady, I went on a little tangent. You know, I think, I like I said, I think the most likely landing spot is the Patriots. But I don't know what's going to happen because if they can't, you know, have the money to get the assets around him, you know, I, unless, you know, Nikhil Harry and those other young receivers, I mean, unless they step up and, you know, start really producing more. And Nikhil Harry didn't do a terrible job last season. I mean, he, he had some pretty good plays. He, you know, stepped up when the Patriots needed him to sometimes. But, you know, they're young. They they have a young receiving core with an old quarterback. I mean that's there's not it's not a great you know system right there. But we'll see. I mean Tom Brady he is one of the greatest. So if they keep him around, maybe they can you know figure something out and not get eliminated in the first round again. I don't know. We'll see, man. It's it's a it's gonna be a, a fun time, and there's gonna be a lot of stupid stories about Tom Brady. Like oh my God, Tom Brady you know went on a walk. Does that mean he's leaving Massachusetts? It's just stupid. Or even I saw, like, you know, just to even propel people with the whole Raiders thing. It was like, Tom Brady bought property in Vegas. It's like, yeah. So? There there are players in the NFL and uh, other sports that have property all over the world. You know, does that mean that Tyreek Hill is going to go play for Manchester United if he, ha- like, has a house in Britain? No. Like, uh, calm down. You're fine. Everything's okay. You know, Brady probably just has a house there or, like, even just some sort of property. It doesn't mean that he's moving there and he's playing in, you know, the brand-new stadium, which that stadium looks beautiful. The Raiders are going to go from having the worst stadium in the NFL or at least, like, not even having a stadium because they share it with another team. Um, But they're going to have the worst stadium in the NFL to the best. That thing looks awesome. I mean, it looks cool because not only is it all black, it's literally just like a black, like, oval kind of shape. But it's also completely mirror. Like, you can see yourself from the outside. You can see, like, everything going on around you. That thing looks awesome. Um, Somebody said that it looks like a toilet. But it looks pretty good. I think it I think it looks pretty cool. Our last topic is we're gonna get into this halftime show. My God, this halftime show brought it like brought up so much controversy. I don't know why, okay? I don't know why. I mean I can get why, but it's like uh, calm down. All right, everybody, let's just calm down, okay? So if you, for those of you who don't know, which you probably do, um, the Super Bowl halftime show was headlined by uh, J-Lo and Shakira. And I thought that they did a great job for all the right reasons, I want to say, okay? I was I was very entertained the whole time. You know, I, the, the choreography was so good. You know, the, the fireworks that they kept showing at the top of the stadium was fun. The music was fun. I'm not, like, I don't know a ton 
kind of J-Lo and Shakira songs, but I, like, knew the tune to some of them. And I was, you know, I was head-bombing, you know, I won't lie. I was kind of moving around, dancing, you know, and vibing with it. But, you know, I had a good time watching it for, like I said, for all the right reasons, you know. And people were freaking out, like, oh, my God, you know, these two women, they're barely wearing anything. You know, why would they put this on TV? I don't want to see my kids watching, or I don't want my kids watching this. Then don't let them watch it. You know, like, it's that simple. Don't let your kids watch it. It, these kids have a, the shortest attention span in the world. They're not going to grill you when they're 17 for not letting them watch a Super Bowl halftime show when they were 8 years old. All right? Like, that's just... Who cares? It doesn't, doesn't really matter. You know, the halftime show, all in all, was very entertaining. It was a good time. I had a great time watching it. I thought that it all flowed very well. And honestly, I liked it a lot better than some of the other shows in the recent events because I've just found them boring. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, I know that guy, you know, but I don't really like his music. And that another thing that I saw is that, you know, Adam Levine literally took off his, his entire shirt. I know people do that at concerts all the time, but, you know, when that happened, everybody was like, oh, my God, Adam Levine taking off his shirt. What a guy. You know, he's so handsome. But then J-Lo and Shakira come out, and then Shakira, like, slowly takes off sections of her of her uh, outfit, but it all stayed on and, like, pretty covered up a lot of her. You know, they were still like, oh, my God, Shakira is, you know, fucking half naked. It's like, dude, calm down. You know, the I mean, you know what you're going to get when you watch this. You know, you know, the type of, you know, outfits that they wear when they perform and all this stuff. Like, you you know. We all do. So don't don't act surprised. You know, and it was a fun halftime show. It really was. Like, it was just, it was entertaining. The music was good. Like I said, the fireworks were fun. It was just all great. You know, I saw somebody online. It was like, it was like, what was your favorite part of the Super Bowl halftime show? It was a genuine question, and somebody commented, when it ended. I was like, bro, why you gotta be so negative? You know, you didn't like the halftime show. That's fine. Nobody wants to hear about it because this is asking what your favorite part was. You know, I was talking to somebody else today. They were like, you know, if I if I looked like J-Lo at 50 years old, yeah, I'd be flaunting my shit everywhere. It's like, okay, you know, like that's understandable. But don't get angry because, you know, she's performing. She's doing her job. Her job is to entertain you and entertain people. You know, you, you would have had fun with it if she was wearing that suit that she that leather suit that she came out with the whole time. Like, it's fine. Nobody cares that you were upset. Just don't have your kids watch it. It doesn't matter. You know, but all in all, I thought it was a great time. I had a great time watching that. And like I said, I don't usually like the Super Bowl halftime shows because they're boring. But I think it might have been the most entertaining one since The Who. And that was a pretty good one. I won't lie. And I was young when I saw that. I was probably like eight years old when that one came out. But that was fun. And <laughs> I saw a funny meme today. It was like everybody's freaking out when J Lo and Shakira are out there um, dancing and doing all this um, in their in their suits. And then it was like, um, and this is like a meme from when my brother was young. But he was like, I saw Janet Jackson's entire boob fall out of her thing, and I turned out just fine. And I lost it. I lost my mind. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. But it really does put it into perspective, you know, like it's it's fine. OK, nothing went wrong. They did a great job performing. It kept everything lively. I thought it really catered to a lot of people who, even though they might not like the style of music, like I said, it was fun. You know, the dancers were doing a great job. You know, they were throwing people around. People were flying everywhere. Again, there were fireworks going off. The steam machines were shooting up. It was awesome. I had a great time watching that. 
that is going to be the end of episode four of the Boom Team podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Dakota.Nutter, Twitter at Nutta28, that's N-U-T-T-A-H-2-8. And uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. The average audience is about 41 people right now, which isn't a lot, but really, you know, with how much, you know, I like to do this and how much time I try and put into this throughout the week, you know, on my work lunch breaks, I'm looking up all these stories, writing these things down for, you know, just that average amount of people to tune into this stuff it really just I have a good time doing it I monetize these you know but I only make a couple cents off of it you know I don't want you guys thinking I'm trying to bum money off all of you I do this because I genuinely have fun doing this and it just gives me um, a way to really express my thoughts into um, sports and you know I do I really like sports and I can't wait for you know basketball to ramp up you know NHL hockey uh, is coming up the playoffs are for hockey are coming up soon and uh, hopefully Mookie Betts will figure out what the hell he's doing with his contract and there's just a lot of fun stuff coming up you know the NFL offseason is always a fun one um, and yeah it's just going to be a great time I'm very excited to see where we go with this and thank you guys so much for tuning in I'm going to be having um, guests on here soon I hope very soon I can't wait to do that I got a couple friends lined up who would like to have come on you know I know some of my family members who are really into uh, sports want to come on and say hi and you know really give their opinions on uh, certain things if there's anything that you guys want me to comment on or if you guys want to hear about again message me at those um, at those uh, social media handles Dakota.Nutter on Instagram and then on Twitter uh, Nutta28 at N-U-T-T-A-H 28 and uh, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the flip side <laughs>